a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is then a sanctification, is a daily drowning of the flesh and a, and a daily rising again of the new man to life. And that is what we call repentance. The law comes to us and shows us our sin, and then the gospel comes and, and forgives our sins, and, and by that the new man rises daily to life. The point is the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I, I wonder if the gospel was preached in that gray old church. I wonder if the sacraments were rightly administered. Because if it was, that's the point. I wonder if those gray old people needed the forgiveness of sins. It's like putting Vaseline in your eyes before reading the New Testament to be a dispensation. Because <laughs> you can't tell anyway what's up and down. So. You're just trying to get on the Facebook quote page. You're in for it. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> I'm Evan Kigline uh, here with Pastor Brian Wolfmiller. Uh, hey, we're ready for another Hello. show? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. I've been waiting for this for minutes. I, I just. Me, yeah, yeah, <laughs> me too. At least 15. Yeah. <laughs> when we were supposed to start recording. I, yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for the 15 minutes. I've been waiting for you. <laughs> All right, well, in the lineup for today's show is, uh, after doing some buzzwords and, and listening to some voicemail, hey, we've been getting some good voicemail messages on our uh, toll-free number, 1-800-385-SOLA, uh, asking some pretty good theological questions. So we're going to be uh, listening to our voicemail system and trying to answer some of those. And then we're going to play Name That Church Body. What is that at the back? Are you backing up your dorm room? Yes, Beep. yes. Okay, I'm glad you pointed that out. Okay, well, if you can hear that background noise, it is the library construction, the library expansion uh, at Concordia Theological Seminary. So, if you if you uh, want to uh, if you want to send a special donation to the library fund, then maybe we can get that noise out of the background, carry <laughs> that construction up. I, I hope to time it with my uh, with my uh, right answers on some of these problems. So I'll give a right answer and then beep beep. Yeah. <laughs> I've been I've been dealing with this all you know ever since I got back to Fort Wayne I've been doing pretty good but uh, sometimes it just depends, depends on where they're working they're right outside my window <laughs> I, I could see you rolling over <laughs> would you guys quiet down out there it's so early I'm trying oh, to sleep it's noon you know I'm trying to sleep no no, no in here. you're not you're not kidding though they they get to work at like 6 a.m. and uh, <laughs> yeah I'm usually up till 4 a.m. doing things so oh my goodness. <laughs> So I just want all the uh, future seminarians to know that I'm suffering for their cause. Oh, yeah, um, there's your tentatio. <laughs> you guys can enjoy a, a brand spanking new library uh, at the cost of poor production quality of Table Talk Radio. Um, <laughs> okay, so we're going right. to name that church body. Uh, yes. That's a fun game where Pastor Wolfman always loses. And, uh, hey, this other game you always lose, Book of Concord B. So uh, that's the lineup for uh, Table Talk Radio today. Uh, but let's first start off doing some, some buzzwords. What do you have, Pastor? All right. Today, hey, today is Election Day, so that's my buzzword for you, election. <laughs> we have, in fact, used that one before. We have, I'm sure we have. I, I just I told you I stopped paying attention. We've used so many buzzwords. There's so many. 
you can keep finding new ones. It's it's hard to hunt them down. Yeah. I although I think that um if you What are you eating a donut? I just took a drink. <laughs> okay, you're the <laughs> You're criticizing me on on mic noise. You're the one that's like, you know, squeaking your chair around. And I think sometimes you just spin circles in your office chair. True. Oh, so election, by the way. So election is the uh, doctrine that the it, it, uh, eklektos mean is Greek word. It means to choose. And it is the teaching that the Lord has chosen us. It's somewhat of a tricky doctrine because you want. We, you see, we figure because logically or chronologically, the elect our election comes first. Then it should come theologically first, but it doesn't. Luther gives us great advice. He says, "Look, follow the order that Paul has it in the Romans. First, you have original sin, then you have doctrine of justification, then you have the means of grace, then you have sanctification, and then you have the doctrine of election to comfort us in our struggle against sin, death, and the devil." So that theologically, the doctrine of election comes later when we're struggling uh, to 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 be the Lord's Christians, and we hear the scriptures, "Hey, look, He chose you before you even existed," and then we have, ah, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> All right, good. All right, and then the theological buzzword I have for you is extreme unction, oh, which nice. in the Roman Catholic Church, not the Lutheran Church, but the Roman Catholic Church is seen as a, uh, a sacrament, and uh, this is uh, this is where they, uh, it, it's the anointing of the sick, um, or, or sometimes called last rites, uh, and so uh, extreme unction. I, you know, there's been a number of times when I've been asked if I could give extreme unction. I've been walking through the hospital or something. Oh, yeah. Father, could you come give extreme unction? Uh, sure. No. I'll say, hey. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Lutheran pastor, uh, if that's all right with you. Yeah, yeah it's all right. <laughs> so I'll go in and and uh, and have the commendation of the dying and uh, c- confession and absolution and preach the gospel as marvelously clear as I can. I, that's always a great opportunity. That doesn't happen in a couple of years, but uh, it's huh. happened to me a few times. They really don't mind if you're a Lutheran pastor? Uh, no, when someone's dying, yeah, emergency knows no necessity, as Luther said. That's true. Okay, well, there you go. Extreme unction. Can you hear that? Yes. Oh, that's awful. Oh. Beep. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, well, to the voicemail. To the voicemail. This is this uh, message comes in two parts. Uh, first, he has a comment about our show and one of the games that we play, and then he has a theological question. So here's part one of this caller's voicemail. Hey, guys. I love your show, and there's two things I wanted to comment on or say, uh, my dad, I'm a Lutheran, I became Lutheran from listening to the Pirate Christian Radio shows, uh, God Whispers, Radical Grace, and you guys, and, uh, anyway, uh, I grew up seven There's other shows? Uh, my dad oh. was a seven pastor, <laughs> and then, uh, became an atheist and came back into Seventh-day Adventist church, and then got interested in intelligent design, and then Calvinism, Calvinist for about three years, and then finally Lutheran, but uh, anyway, uh, wanted to let you know that I shared your stuff, uh, your information about the three ladders with my dad, and he actually used it for a sermon. (laughs) So uh, you have seven Adventists that are teaching about the three ladders. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, there are a lot of seven Adventists who who get the gospel. They're inconsistent with it, obviously, at certain points, but I thought that was good. 
Okay, this, so far. That's great. Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> uh, that's, I, so Seventh-day Adventist pastor preaching the three ladders. That's good. That that three ladder stuff is really something. I mean, it's something we want to be able to get our heads around. Yeah. Uh, moralism, mysticism, and uh, and uh, what's the other one? Moralism, mysticism, and rationalism. Right. Uh, and this, I I I had a couple. We had a joint Reformation service the other day, and I had a couple of pastors tell me they they were teaching that in Bible class. Good. So this is um, it's it's good. Now we didn't invent it, of course. It was invented by Kaverly. We just made it fun. Well, um, and <laughs> you know, yeah, right. And Kaverly got it from Luther, so. Right. Although I can't find a place in Luther where he talks about these three ladders all in one spot. Oh, Have so you he... found that? I will look for that for a little while. I mean, and for a little while, I mean really like ten minutes. Right. And I couldn't ever find it in Luther. So if any of you know where Luther would talk about the three ladders, uh, the ladder of the will, the ladder of the mind, and the ladder of the emotions or the psyche, psyche. Oh, uh, all in one spot, then send us that. That'd be great to have. Yeah. Uh, a thousand Table Talk radio points. Ooh, nice. I might do that. Yeah. Okay, good. Here's here's the theological question that this caller has. Uh, second thing was uh, I just listened to the show on Eastern Orthodoxy, and having come out of Calvinism, um, Pastor Wheaton, or Wheaton, uh, he said, was commenting about original sin and that Lutherans differ on from Calvinists on the imputation of Adam's guilt to us, that it's more an imputation or more a corruption, but not that Lutherans would disagree about the imputation of the guilt. And I didn't under—I didn't know that that was new to me. So I was uh, wondering if you guys could elaborate on that. Uh, I know there's a White Horse Inn show that I listen to lots of times uh, talking about original sin, and Rod uh, Rosenblatt was on there, and he seemed like he agreed with the rest of the guys on this that if you deny uh, the imputation of Adam's guilt, then you deny the imputation of Christ's righteousness. So it seemed like it seemed like a big deal uh, that would need to be. I don't know. Maybe you guys can clarify that because that kind of a little bit freaked me out. <laughs> but anyway, I really love your show, and he he was really great. And uh, just just hope to keep doing the shows. Thanks. Bye. All right. Thanks for that call. We really appreciate uh, those questions uh, to our voicemail system, 1-800-385-SOLA. SOLA. Um, yeah, okay. He was talking about this interview you did with Will Whedon on Table Scraps. Table Scraps, by the way, is where we do these long-format interviews. It's Internet-only or podcast-only. It's where we have uh, issues, etc. style, Table Talk Radio substance. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you did this with uh, Pastor Whedon on Eastern Orthodoxy, and it, it, uh, it's a great little interview. And he makes this distinction between kind of the corrupting power of sin and the imputation of sin, huh? Yes. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we talk about that on the other side of the break, and we'll sort all this out done uh, for our listeners. Segment. If you have a theological question for us, uh, why don't you give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, or go to our website, tabletalkradio.org, and check out those Table Scrap interviews under the tab marked Table Scraps. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be ready. Born to be wild. Born to be wild. For those who thought the 100th episode was a sign of the end times, 
This is still Table Talk Radio. The heavenly first united Baptocostal, Presbyterian, Methodiscopal, Evangelical, Evangelistic, Nazaristic, Faithaholic, Charismental, <laughs> Fundamatic, Holy Spirit filled fanatic, the Church of God in Christ our Lord. We're all Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're going to be playing Name That Church Body in just a little bit. I want to be part of the Faithaholic Church. <laughs> Yes, me too. <laughs> All right, uh, but first we have to uh, get back to this uh, discussion about whether or not sin is imputed. I think, Pastor, do uh, you think this is just a matter of, of emphasis? That uh, uh, certainly, I think that we would say that, that Adam's sin is imputed. But but if we if we just um, if if we just talk about the imputed uh, sin. Uh, of Adam, then we maybe miss that our entire will and uh, that that we ourselves are corrupted uh, by the sin of Adam. Yeah, I I I don't wonder if there's a bit of a fake in uh, Eastern Orthodoxy to where, to where they want to draw this distinction even more clearly between actual sin and imputed sin, so they can downplay actual sin. But let's. But what if we try to draw the line clearly and make it like this? I, imputed means to count. You know, to count, to give to your account, to to put to the person's name, and so we we are all corrupt. We we have this concupiscence, this tendency to sin, and this and this tendency to sin is sin itself. I mean, even our even our tendency to commit a sin is uh, makes us guilty before God, and so we stand with actual sin and actual guilt, and yet. The Lord doesn't count our sin towards us, but rather he counts the actual righteousness and goodness of Christ to us. That, so so the, 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 the righteousness of Christ, which we do not actually possess, it's an alien righteousness. That's the classic term for it. It's a, it's a righteousness outside of ourselves. That is imputed to us. And if we're being imputed with Christ's goodness and righteousness, that means we're not being imputed with our own sin and our own guilt. See? Right. So that you're either going to be imputed, you either have uh, righteousness or your your own guilt and Adam's guilt uh, imputed to you, or you have Christ's righteousness imputed to you. So that David can say in the Psalms, "Blesses a man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity." Uh, so that so that, it, that that Christ's righteousness given to our account pushes out our sin and the sin of Adam, etc. Yeah. So I mean uh, that that. Christ's righteousness is imputed to us because we have no righteousness of ourselves. But the imputation of of sin, uh, we we have a lot of that ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and so, I mean, we of ourselves, of our own being, because well, because of Adam's sin, that we ourselves are are corrupted and sinful. Uh, now, certainly, the Adam's Adam's sin also. But but hey, look, uh, because of Adam's sin, this is the result. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's an, and that's a nice way to say it. So uh, 
this is what Luther called the great exchange. You remember this little thing where someone asked Luther, they said, hey, uh, Dr. Luther, did you contribute anything at all to your salvation? And they, you know, Luther was forever and ever saying, look, we didn't, we don't have anything to do with our salvation. It's the work of God alone. <laughs> and then he shocks everyone in the room. I don't know if this is a real story or one of these made-up stories. He says, oh, yeah, I contributed quite a few things to my to my own salvation. Remember this? He says, I, 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 uh, I gave the Lord my death, my sin, my wretchedness. <laughs> And he gave me the righteousness of Christ in his place. This is, by the way, then the teaching of the great exchange, right? So that uh, the Lord, ex- he, he takes our death and he gives us his life. So the picture is, say someone comes up to you and they say, hey, uh, hey, uh, Evan, I've got, uh, I've got a car. If you'll give me, um, I don't know, what do you have? Uh, uh, if you'll let me Table talk radio. Your, table talk radio points. <laughs> Oh, this is good. That's too good already. I'll I'll give you my car if you give me a, you know a pile of paper or something like this. Well, that's that's a great exchange. Now you you give me I'll give you the car if you give me uh, table talk radio points. Well, yeah, you know have as many as you want. Yeah, then then the guy says here, look, I'll give you my brand new car, my new SUV if you give me a bu- a bucket full of dirty diapers. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? That's what, exactly what the Lord Jesus does. Look, you give me your filth, your wretchedness, your sin, and I'll give you my righteousness and my life and my salvation so that so that our sin is not imputed to us and his righteousness is. I, I hope that helps uh, kind of sort it out in the, in the caller's mind. Oh, man, I don't have any dirty diapers laying around. Oh. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> oh, just, just be patient. <laughs> All right. Dirty diapers will come. It's like Tentatio, you know. You don't go looking for your crosses. <laughs> they just they come. just start at six okay. in the morning. Look, yeah, just hope that you get that you have in your house someone else's dirty diapers before you start having your own. Right. That's what you get. In the in the large scheme of life. Right. Okay. Do you want to play name that church body? Mm. Do I ever? All right. <laughs> All right. So I have for you uh, recent church bodies. Uh, and or confessions or website things, and you have uh, ancient, right? Is that right? Yes, that right? yes. Although I was thinking we might want to switch that up since you're reading all this uh, church history stuff these days. Next time we'll switch it up. Okay, we'll switch it up. Uh, all right, uh, why don't you uh, why don't you go first? All right, are you ready? Ready. Cha-chung! The Catholic or Universal Church, which, with respect to the internal work of the Spirit and truth of grace. Oh, you better not miss that part. Sorry, let me say it again. The Catholic or Universal Church, which, with respect to the internal work of the Spirit and truth of grace, may be called invisible, consists of the whole number of the elect that have been, are, or shall be gathered into one, under Christ, the head thereof, and is the spouse, the body, and the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Okay, so, uh, well, I don't know what to highlight since you highlighted it for me. Uh, but this this internal work will be interesting. Whereas the the Lutheran Church uh, likes to look at the the work of the Holy Spirit in the externals. Externum. That, that God is working outside of us to us for us, and so that uh, the God's word is outside of us and it's preached unto our ears and to our heart. Um, and then the, the sacraments of baptism is outside of us and it's poured onto us again with the with the promises of God and also the Lord's Supper. It's outside of us. Outside, uh, and, and externum. That's right. So, so that's that's the main thing that Pastor Wolfmiller pointed out there. Um, truth oh, yeah. of grace. I'm not sure uh, that doesn't 
send off any red flags for me yet, but we'll see if what comes next. Okay, what comes next is completely disconnected. I like to say externum, by the way, externum verbum. I've we should have a T-shirt. I've that noticed says, that. Well, how would the T-shirt say? The externum verbum rocks. <laughs> yeah. Well. The externum verbum <laughs> is totally awesome. <laughs> I like it. We'll, we'll work on that. Put in the table talk radio star. Thank you. Okay. Here, ready? Next. A particular church. I'll highlight a word for you there. Particular. A particular church gathered and completely organized according to the mind of Christ consists of officers and members. And the officers appointed by Christ to be chosen and set apart by church, uh, by the church, so-called and gathered, for the peculiar administration of ordinances and the execution of power and duty, which he entrusts them with or calls them to, to be continued to the end of the earth, our bishops or elders and deacons. This is interesting. <laughs> that uh, if I could, if it'd be fair to rephrase it as a mark of a church is in officers and members. Um, so I mean, I, I guess if you've joined like your local Lions Club that has officers and members, um, that could be a church. But performing certain certain ordinances. So I don't know what do they do at the Lions Club. I have I have no idea. But if they have any ordinances, um, then that would be a church. Okay, um, so this this isn't really helping me too much, other than the, other than I know that um, uh, this is kind of the typical position of of, of general Protestantism. So uh, this could be any kind of a Baptist church or or anyone else. The, the, by the way, the, the ordinances that are speaking thereof is where we would call uh, sacraments uh, that God God gives unto us His gifts for us for the forgiveness of sins. And life and salvation. Um, uh, the, most, most Protestants see it the other way around, that God is not working to us to give to us, but rather uh, the sacraments, well, what we call the sacraments, are set up for us to God. And so baptism is your first act of obedience to show that show God uh, or a public profession of, of your faith. Uh, the, the Lord's Supper is a memorial meal to continue on. So these are all ordinances. I need another one to maybe get a little bit narrower you're, here. You're, yeah, you're right on. You're... you're um well, baptism, here it is. Okay. I'll, I'll follow up on that and kind of finish off your clue. Baptism and the Lord's Supper are ordinances of positive and sovereign institution appointed by the Lord Jesus, the only lawgiver. Oh. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> Jesus is what? The only lawgiver. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's ugly, isn't it? Ugh. Okay, we'll talk about that. Keep going. To be continued in his church to the end of the world. You want to, I mean, there's more here. These holy appointments are to be administered only by those who are qualified and thereunto called according to the commission of Christ. Baptism is an ordinance of the New Testament ordained by Jesus Christ to be under the party baptized a sign of his fellowship with him and his death and resurrection, etc. You know. Okay. Okay, let's talk about this. Jesus is the only lawgiver. Uh, <laughs> first, it's not true if Jesus was a lawgiver because we have Moses. I mean, right? Uh, that, that God used mm-hmm. Moses to, to deliver the law to the people and the, mm-hmm. ten, the summary of the law and the Ten Commandments. Yeah, it seems um, like I remember something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that doesn't matter because Jesus did not come to give us the law. Uh, and th- that's that's how people see this, right? Uh, that the gospel is all about giving new law. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but rather, Jesus came to show us that we are not bound by the law, but we're, we're freed from the law and we're forgiven yeah. of our sins. One 
Yeah, not just to show us that, to give us that. Let's right find a church. Table Talk Radio. Unscripted, unprepared, unashamed. Baptism and the Lord's Supper are ordinances of positive and sovereign institution appointed by the Lord Jesus, the only lawgiver, <laughs> to be continued in his church to the end of the world. All right. Uh, okay. Welcome you back know, to Table like Talk the Radio. Th- the theme of the Lutheran Confessions is, hey, Jesus isn't the new lawgiver. <laughs> and then here here it comes from the other side. I mean, they were fighting against the Romanists. This is not the Romanists here. This is every, this is the, just the natural temptation of our flesh is to make Jesus a lawgiver because our flesh loves the law. Ah! Okay, you're giving away some hints for me here. Sorry. Uh, this is the other side of fighting against Rome. So I want to lean uh, say that this is... Um, this isn't my guess yet, but I want to lean to this as uh, some of the reform, maybe. But see, I don't think that they would talk about baptism in that way. I think they would they would still want to assert, uh, you know, a, a sign or something like that in this. So I don't I don't think that it's a reform group. Uh, oh, I know. Is this would this be uh, the an, some form of Anabaptist? Well, yeah, that's close, but no. Oh. Now yeah, uh, here's the here's the word that gave it away. Well, it's kind of tricky. Uh, the second quotation <laughs> The here, tricky thing that says, gave it away. The Let's hear tricky it. thing that gave it away says, A particular church gathered and completely organized according to the mind of Christ. A particular, that's, is, these are the particular Baptists. See? Oh. So this is the Baptist Confession of 1688, otherwise known as the Philadelphia Confession. All right, I missed that one. I was closer when I was talking about Baptists earlier. You were, but see, this is the tricky thing: is the Baptists, the early Baptists, are actually considered part of the uh, part of the Reformed Church bodies, not the Arminian Church bodies, which is nutty because now right. Baptists is all about free will. They were just completely swept away by revivalism, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the early, the early, see. The, the early American uh, Great Awakening churches were all Calvinist churches, and then they were kind of swept off their... They were romanced by Finney. Uh, they just come and, you know, make a decision for me, and and they all... So, so that now uh, the Southern Baptist Confession is defined by free willism, if that's a word. Um, it I always can wondered be if, that, if you want it to be. If that movie Free Willy was about the <laughs> Arminians. <laughs> All right, I have a I have a church body for you to guess. Are you ready? <laughs> oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. All right, this is oh, the yeah. first part uh, is titled "Sin, Original and Personal." Oh, this is so. This is an internet sort of thing. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Um, sort of. I'll I'll explain later. Okay. It's uh, a flyer we, that's sent to your dorm room. What? No, no, no. no, no. I'll, t- I'll tell you later. Okay. All right, all right. We believe that sin came into the world through the disobedience of our first parents and death by sin. We believe that sin is of two kinds, original sin or depravity, and actual or personal sin. Uh, we believe that original sin or depravity is that corruption of the nature 
of all the offspring of Adam by reason of which everyone is very far gone from original righteousness or the pure state or our first parents at the time of their creation is adverse to God without spiritual life and inclined to evil that we uh, and that continually. We further, hmm. believe, we further believe the original sin continues to exist with the new life of the regenerate until eradicated the heart is fully cleansed by the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Mm. All right, you have a lot of giveaways there, but <laughs> talk about yeah, that. Yeah, uh, th- this could be a lot of folks, though, but so you have this... Um, the, the, the first thing that I notice about this particular uh, statement of faith is that the person is actually concerned about theology, so that's going to exclude quite a number of church bodies. <laughs> this is distinction between original and actual sin. and I mean, you know, when you read most church websites, it's like this. Uh, original sin means that we're all kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, you know, I mean, that's about as in-depth. So this is to break this thing out. Now, you have the uh, the stain of original sin remaining until the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So now now you're going to get into the into the charismatic sort of move where you have the two baptisms. So you have the water baptism and you have the spirit baptism. Now that distinction uh, is going to be an important one to carry forward here. There's a few church bodies that have that. And then the idea that the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, undoes the effects of, of original sin. That that is quite something. Um, so that's a so you have a you have the holiness movement uh, at work there also. Okay, um, I'll give you an option for your next one. Uh, do you want repentance or justification? Oh, um, hmm. Oh, repentance is is a broader topic. So let's so we maybe get more clues with the with repentance. Okay, here it is. We believe that repentance, which is a sincere and thorough change of mind in regard to sin, involving a sense of personal guilt and a voluntary turning away from sin, is demanded of all who have an act or purpose become sinners before before God. The Spirit of God gives to all whom will repent the gracious help of penitent of heart and hope of mercy that they may believe unto pardon and spiritual life. Unto? That doesn't sound modern. Hmm. Is this modern? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, this, this... After 1750? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, this is tricky because these two... Uh, this is very This is very tricky. Okay, here, here's the trouble. First of all, you, you kind of have two general definitions of repentance shaken around out there you have the you have the general evangelical uh definition of repentance which is a change of mind you change and that's the how it started you have the lutheran definition of repentance which is sorrow over sin and faith in the gospel which this person got awfully close to i mean as if as if there was some sort of vestige of lutheranism in there behind this that repentance is the work of the holy spirit but it's it's not full on Lutheran because it's just a it's just a possibility. So um, it's a realizing how bad you are and then a hope for the Lord's uh, redemption. It's not actually faith in His promises. But but this the dividing of repentance into two parts: sorrow or contrition and faith, uh, which is the, the the kind of textbook book of Concord definition of repentance. 
is is sitting back there in the back. So I I don't wonder if there's some sort of strange connection to Lutheranism in this in this mix also. Um, this is really interesting. Okay. I, I think it's interesting that they they talk about repentance as a change of mind in regard to sin involving a sense of personal guilt. Now, they've already made the distinction between personal guilt and original sin. So how does one repent of his original sin if it, this is... Uh, anyway. Yeah, it's like, well, you can't repent for Adam. He's got to do his own repentance. <laughs> okay, um, all right, I'll give you another choice. Do you want justification or sanctification? Hmm. All right, you better give us justification. All right. Me and the dear listeners. We be- we believe that justification is the gracious and judicial act of God by which he grants full pardon and all guilt and complete release from the penalty of sins committed and acceptance as righteous to all who believe on Jesus Christ and receive him as Lord and Savior. Hmm. Lord and Savior. Oh, I'll, I'll read this too. Uh, well, okay, I'll, okay, I'll keep going. We believe that re- regeneration, or the new birth, is the gracious work of God, whereby the moral nature of the repentant believer is spiritually quickened and given a distinctively spiritual life, capable of faith, love, and obedience. We believe that adoption is the gracious act of God by which the justified and regenerated believer is constituted a son of God. And this is the last part. We believe that justification, regeneration, and adoption are simultaneous in the experience of seekers after God <laughs> uh, and are obtained upon the condition of faith preceded by repentance that by this uh, and that to this work the estate of grace the Holy Spirit bears witness. I, I, do, I cannot imagine where such a theological mishmash could exist. Uh, so the, I mean the, the language even in that language of of quickened that's that's old style language this this language of Lord and Savior though comes across to I mean this this sort of emphasis uh, I don't know if it's how old it is but it's especially in the Lordship theologians like uh, I don't know wonder if this is kind of like a John MacArthur website or something like that or some sort of some sort of reformed slash holiness unionizing body. Oh man, um, uh, th- uh, th- this th- I should tell you. You can if you f- if you find members of this church, they c- they will be marked by the fact that they think that they know their theology <laughs> 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 because it's, it has that kind of sense of hey, we're not. Uh, we're not these anti-doctrinal sort of things, but it's just a crazy sort of. It's like, it's like a little a dash of Calvinism, a touch of Lutheranism, throw in a you know the leg off the charismatic chicken and boil it into a big stew. Um, is this uh, uh, some uh, uh, Reformed Church of God in Christ? I don't have any idea. The, the apostolic. What was that in the song? Faithaholic. Faithaholic, yeah. Okay. No, no, that's about. I'll tell you what, I'll read you three more lines and I think it'll give it away. And you really should have picked sanctification. We believe that entire sanctification is the act of God subsequent to regeneration by which believers are made free from original sin or oh, depravity man. and brought into a state of entire in, in, uh, de- development to God and the holy obedience of love made perfect. 
Is this our friends, the Nazarenes? It is, the Nazarene. Now, how do you know Nazarene above the other Wesleyan in 20 seconds? The Nazarene got mad at the Methodists because they didn't keep Wesley's doctrine of perfection, so we said, we'll do that, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you're listening to Table Talker Radio. After this, we're going to play Book of Concord B. Don't go away. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Always goes on and on and on and on and on, on and on and on and on and on and goes. Table Talk Radio. Well, we think we're funny. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, where we're playing Book of Concord, B. I, I knew you would like that. Thanks for the lost and found bump in. You got I kinda it. I like those guys. You know, you, you sing and your voice is like this. Rah, rah. You think, oh, I want to be a rock star, a Lutheran rock star. <laughs> All right. Well, before we play oh, Book of Concord, B, Pastor, explain to us what in the world is the Book of Concord? Hey, wait a minute. Before that, I was going to perform extreme unction. Uh, because this is, and so, I was sort of sad to say, all the, I mean, that this is our last show that will be broadcast on uh, AM 990KRKS in Denver, at least for a while. Uh, we had, uh, we're, we're coming off the air, so we'll just be now on all the other places where we are, Pirate Christian Radio and uh, in our podcast. So if you are a, a Denver listener and you're, you know, you're used to hearing us on the air when tuning in every afternoon, uh, it, you'll have to find us on the Internet at tabletalkradio.org, uh, right? Yes. <laughs> tabletalkradio.org. And you can find the, the show there as well. We appreciate you listening uh, while we've been on the air. And we've had fun, and we hope to come back to the air in Denver sometime soon. Um, when uh, when Table Talk radio points are worth a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> now, right. so that's my extreme extreme unction for our KRKS broadcast. Right. Did you I'll, like that? I'll give you 50 points. 50 points? See, with that kind of stodginess, no wonder we're going off the air in Denver. <laughs> hey, it's hard economic times. <laughs> now, we have a uh, Book of Concord bead. The Book of Concord is this collection of 10 documents uh, put together, published in 1580. Uh, by the Lutherans, uh, because they the Concord means unity, and they wanted a book of unity. What is what do we teach? Now it starts off. It has the ecumenical creeds, the uh, Apostles, Nicene, and Athanasian creeds there to show the continuity with the Church. And then in 1530, Emperor Charles V says, "What do you Lutherans teach, anyways? Why are you causing so much of a ruckus? We got to fight the Turks, and you guys are you know sitting there talking about justification. What what gives? So." They wrote the uh, Augsburg Confession, 1530. Um, they, it was refuted by the Catholics, so then there's the Apology or the Defense of the Augsburg Confession, 1531. Luther wrote the Small Called Articles, Large Catechisms, Small Catechisms in there. Uh, then the Formula of Concord is the big one. Uh, after Luther died, all the controversies that broke out are settled, or at least a lot of them are settled, in the Formula of Concord. Good job. Okay, are you ready? Oh, by the way, this uh, you have three rounds here for Book of Concord Beast. We're going to have to move kind of quickly. 
Um, but they get progressively harder. Okay. Just like real. So I have to guess in which document of the Book of Concord these quotations are from. That's how this thing works. Document and article. Just kidding. Yeah, uh, just the document. Okay. Uh, here's your first one. For because our own nature, corrupted by sin, deserves God's wrath and condemnation, God owes us neither his word nor spirit nor grace. When he gives us these things by grace, we often thrust his gifts away from us and make ourselves unworthy of eternal life. He lets his righteousness, well-deserved judgment, be seen in various lands, peoples, and individuals, so that when we compare ourselves to them and contrast our situation to theirs, we will learn the more diligently uh, to recognize and praise God's sheer unmerited grace toward the vessels of mercy. Hmm. 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 That's interesting. So talking about how the Lord owes us nothing. This is true. I mean, if... If the gospel is going to be a gift, then it can be in no way earned or deserved. So we we have this little syllogism, something like this. If the Lord is giving you something, it's proof that you don't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Because if you deserved it, then it, everything comes freely from God. In other words, that's he, he will remain free. So all those gifts are free. Uh, this is kind of more uh, casual writing, not uh, so kind of precise as confession. So that's either going to mark it as Luther or maybe the Apologies. So that'll limit me to Apologies, small called, or uh, or the large catechism. I'm going to say this is the Apology, Melanchthon writing in the Apology to the Augsburg Confession. I am sorry. This is actually from the Formula of Concord, oh, the Solid sh- Declaration. <laughs> I wasn't even close. Yeah, this is on uh, Article 11 on elections. So. Ah, nice. So, all right. On election. Hey, you, that's your buzzword. Oh, dang. I was hoping you weren't going to recognize it. <laughs> that's, uh, election is your buzzword, wasn't it? Yes. Because yes. today's election day. That's why I remember. Uh, i got to go vote for the personhood amendment a little bit later. Let's see here. I'm going to give you... 50, 49 points. 49 points for you. Thank you. Bringing the total, I've got 50, and you have 49. Okay, you ready for round two of Book oh, of yeah. Concord? Me? Ready, ready. Right. Uh, again, this gets progressively harder in, in, term, <laughs> in terms of length. Okay, here it is. Whether we call original sin a quality or a disease, it remains true that the greatest evil is this. To be a victim of eternal wrath and death, and not even to realize one's terrible lot. Later uh. in Genesis 3, we are poisoned by the venom of original sin from the soles of our feet to the hairs on our head, because it befalls us in this perfect nature. Oh, yeah. Now, this is... Uh, this is important because the wrath of God hangs over us even apart from our actually sinning. It is just the this, and we talked about this very beginning of the show. This inherited sin, we that, that we are we stand guilty because even of that, and deserving of God's wrath. So that the, so that the natural state of the Lord's justice would be to condemn us in eternal destruction. So we, we got us. That's the starting point for all our um, theological understanding of how God works with us. Uh, is that we deserve nothing. This uh, original the discussion of original sin and the fact that we don't even know it is there in small called. It's also in uh, Apology Article 2 of the Augsburg Confession where I thought the last one was. So I'm going to guess again. Oh, it could all, I mean, original sin is also discussed in the formula. 
You could be tricking me. Two formulas in a row. Article 1, Article 2. Wait a minute. I'll bet you this is Article 1 of the f- formula. Formula of Concord. <laughs> Article 1. You got it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> wait, that's no, why they make wait, this wait. very important distinction. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, sorry, I was just go gonna ahead. ask if, if, if uh, just my uh, wit and and craftiness tipped you off to, to that, or if there was something <laughs> theological that. No, no. Yes, your wit and craftiness is that's all the only way I knew. And also the formula, uh, the article one of the formula is making this distinction: is that original sin is not human nature. There's a dis- there's a distinction, not a separation, but a distinction between original sin and human nature. So Jesus didn't die for original sin; he died for humanity. He, uh, the human uh, original sin was not resurrected when Jesus came out of the grave. No, but but his human nature was. So there's a distinction between human nature and sin. And yet in this life, we don't know any separation between the two. That's it's actually kind of helpful. That's a, I mean very very helpful. All right. I don't think I'll get the next one. <laughs> hey, how many points do I get for that? 200. So what do you have, 250 now? 250. And how many points do I have? I, I, I meant to give I gave you 49, but I'm going to change it. I'm going to give you 249. <laughs> well, let's see if I can get 200 more here. <laughs> All right, you only get <laughs> you only get two lines here. All right. All right. For this reason... If you cannot feel the need, at least believe the scriptures. They will not lie to you, since they know your flesh better than you yourself do. This is, I know this, I know this. This is Luther, a large catechism on the Lord's Supper. Ah, okay, what's he talking about? Well, he's, he's, this is so great, Luther. He's talking about, do you feel the need to go to the Lord's Supper? Now, do you feel your own sinfulness? And he does this great thing. He says, well, if you, even if you don't feel your need, just you put your put your hand inside your shirt and, and see if you still have flesh. Pinch yourself. <laughs> see if you still have flesh. And if you have a flesh, believe what the Scripture says about your flesh. That is corrupt and sinful and bad. And then he says, look around you and see if you're still in the world. And if you're still in the world, then you should know, believe what the Scripture says about the world, that it's full of troubles and it will always be uh, give us tribulation. And then, if that's not enough, then remember that the devil with his poisoned and flaming arrows are constantly pointed at you and if that doesn't then this shows you your great need to go to the lord's supper that's a great section yeah now this this was uh, not an intentional theme but we really talked a lot about uh man's uh, sinful nature here and and boy this this is fantastic then because uh because we've talked about this we can now see clearly uh, the the gifts that God gives us, He He gives us His His righteousness, so so that when when God looks at us for the for the sake of Jesus Christ's death on the cross uh, in our stead because of our sin, there He is bloody on the cross. Now God the Father looks at us and He sees not our our terrible corrupted nature, but instead He sees the perfection of His Son, the righteousness of His Son accounted to us not by anything that we've done, but completely as a gift. From given to us from the externals of God, God's word and his sacraments as a promise to us. And this is by the way in which God can, can look at us and, and find us blameless and innocent and holy. Exactly. exactly. And it's all his work. I mean, nothing. We, look, if we haven't said it clear enough, we've deserved none of it. I mean, we've deserved the exact opposite. Oh, that's right. Well, you've been listening to this edition of uh, Table Talk Radio. We want to hear from you. Give us a call one 
1-800-385-SOLA or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Check out our website also, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the look on the face of a Southern Baptist when you tell them their church is Calvinist. <laughs> You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.